Charlie boy. I'll be there, mate. I've got um, I've got surgery on Friday morning. Uh, it's basically cock reduction. Uh, <laughs> I've got to get it reduced on Friday morning. Uh, alongside with an, a- an ACL, because uh, I ruptured my ACL last week, so I'm getting a cock reduction in my knee done. And then I'll be on the old podcast, yo. Yeah, I suddenly like fucking, what's he called? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. You're listening to Southern Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You are listening to episode 227 somehow of Sapnin Podcast featuring myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards. And recently, I've been hopelessly reaching out for this guest. He's one of the best. Believe me. Well, yeah, I know him. (laughs) <laughs> yeah he's wicked um yeah this week's guest is the fantastic danny jones of the absolutely massive and brilliant mcfly yes galaxy defenders are taking over mcfly at the first band i fell in love with my first loves ever to be honest and generally the band who has soundtracked me growing up so i'm ecstatically and extremely hyped that McFly are back announcing their new album Power to Play is being released on June 9th via BMG Records. It's a ballsy 80s hair metal inspired catalogue that I can't wait to see them play live. And this conversation with Danny is one of the band's first full length interviews on the announcement and new music, which is a yes. wild full circle moment for me i'm very thankful for that but danny jones eh? what a character what a (laughs) talent and someone's energy that you can't get enough of i absolutely fucking love danny jones right from the moment i met i met i met the mcfly boys years ago at top of the pops that shows how old i am (laughs) and how long ago it was it was at top of the pops at the bbc television center i was sitting with uh fern cotton myself and fern were sitting on a sofa and the mcfly boys came running over to ask did we think the lost prophets hated them and could they go and visit them because lost prophets were recording an episode of top of the pops at the time ever since then absolutely fucking sweet darts i cannot stress enough how absolutely wonderful these boys are and how fun danny is one of our second ever meetings, I think, uh, the blackout were uh, in Manchester and we went to see McFly play the MEN, Manchester Evening News Arena. Afterwards, we went back to the hotel and we were hanging out and Danny, who has the constant energy of, dr- of a drunk dad at a wedding, he's happy, he's lovely, he wants to talk to you, he will come and talk to you. And um, <laughs> yeah, we, we were in this hotel hanging out and then all of a sudden um take that turned up so oh as you know as they do yeah it went from um one smelly rock band as the blackout by the way to um mcfly turning up and us going hey is the boys and then oh my fucking god take that have turned up as well so um <laughs> yeah one eventful one eventful couple of meetings uh we've had with them but this was a fucking fantastic chat 
I've wanted to do this with them since they played Slam Dunk because they were genuinely, honestly, one of my bands of the weekend. The way they came onto stage, the way they were received by the crowd, it had all come full circle. McFly spent years being worried about how they were perceived as a band. And Slam Dunk, I think, last year cemented how important they've been to the rock genre, to the rock audience. So many people got into the music that we all love today because of McFly, and you cannot deny that, especially you cannot deny that, Morgan Richards. <laughs> no, literally, I cannot. I owe a lot to, the, to McFly. I wouldn't be sat here today if it wasn't for them. I wouldn't have got into alternative music. I wouldn't have found all the bands. Chair. They yeah. bought him that chair. <laughs> but I, I love him so much. If anyone listening to this knows me personally, you'd know how much I obsessed over him. I've seen him countless times live. I'm just ecstatic about everything going on. Um, the first single from this new record, Where Did All The Guitars Go?, is released today. It's riff heavy, uh, fun track to open up the album. And it reminds me of if McFly met Weezer and Van Halen in a weird crossover. Ooh. You have to listen Van to Weasel. find out. <laughs> oh, that's hor- that sounds horrible. Van Weasel. But throughout this conversation, we're going to be talking about everything from the struggle of the commercial success versus being perceived as a rock band, making emo kids mosh hard at Slam Dunk Festival 2021, the evolution of themes throughout their albums, uh, achieving childhood dreams personally for Danny, writing with Dougie and Stephen Battelle of Lost Alone for awesome. other artists. And he even says a sentence that is so random that no one else on the planet Earth could ever say it. What a fucking brilliant chat this was. Thank you very much to Danny for coming on. Thank you very much for his management team and his PR team for sorting this out. We never thought you'd let this happen. So thank you very much. Yeah, what a chat. Like, it was so good to hear him talk about everything. Influences, the stuff he loves, and yeah, working with our good friend Steve Patel, who we'll have to have come on and give us some behind-the-scenes McFly gossip soon. <laughs> we will. We absolutely will. I will. I want to say a shout-out to uh, Charlotte at BMG as well for just campaigning for the podcast and this crossover. Um, but before we get into the conversation, just a quick reminder, if you enjoy what me and Sean do, you like this r- random moments of chaos and this weekly podcast, please go and check out our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash sapnin. That's the best way to support us. There's loads of extra bonus podcasts and behind the scenes looks and whole community of people that you can get involved with that will be your best friends forever. That's patreon.com forward slash sapnin. Please share this on your social media pages at sapninpod, Twitter and Instagram. Put it in your stories. Tell a friend about it. Just tag us everything. Put it out there. Let people know that Danny Jones is on episode 227 of Sapnin Podcast. And without any further ado, this is chaos, hilarity, and absolutely amazeballs. Hilarity. That one too. Sapnin! <laughs> I fucking love Danny. I fucking love him all, really, but he's fucking brilliant. Oh, we didn't mention he had his um, cock reduction. Anyway. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Sapnin! 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 Yes! <laughs> yes! This week's guest is a singer, songwriter, sometimes charity footballer, TV presenter, <laughs> um, the destroyer of some children's dreams on Kids the Voice, <laughs> the recently repaired ACL owner, Danny Johnson McFly! Yes! Hey! How are you? Fantastic. Fantastic intro. I'm great. I'm really good, thanks. Yeah. Um, I've been excited about this. Been a while. I know we've been trying to get on, haven't we? And find the time to get it in, as always. It's always, uh, it's always difficult, but like, yeah, I'm pumped. Thanks for having me on. No pleasure. We've, we've wanted to do this for, for a while. I know, uh, Dougie got you all in trouble when he came on in the really early days of the podcast. So I'm glad that there's no grudges. <laughs> between yeah. any of us behind the scenes how did he get us in trouble again so he was on like episode five i think we had a, he was out with um a at the time yeah the perrys he was out with the perrys <laughs> um play playing bass and he did our podcast and he accidentally mentioned that um so this was back in like 2019 he mentioned that there was a mcfly record to come <laughs> the sun heard it and decided that they wanted to write their own story, claiming that they had got the exclusive. Brilliant. So they Love did it. that. And then, and then, um, Judweiser then went on TV. It was something like Good Morning Britain. They were saying, Oh, yeah. So there's a new McFly album coming. And, and Judweiser said, Um, oh, yeah. Dougie went on a podcast. He, he thought nobody would listen to. Hey. <laughs> Mate, it's nice to know they're still bothered, hey? <laughs> <laughs> but Danny, how how are you anyway? I mean, as you said, we've been trying to get this done for a while. You've uh, had a lot of surgery. There's been a lot of things going on behind the scene. How are you doing with all that now? How's uh, how's the repair process going? Thanks for asking. I'm feeling I'm feeling good. Uh, everyone's saying that, that my recovery's on track, and uh, I've got a good I've got a good team around me. We're like we're not super duper serious, but. You have to be with a, with something like this. It's, it's bo- as boring as it is. Like knee rehab is just boring. Um, and I can't wait to start running. Can't wait to play football again. Can't wait to do all the things I used to be able to do. I feel a bit, I feel a bit old. It's the first time I felt old because I like, walking around with a slight limp. <laughs> <laughs> getting up from your seat. Yeah. Literally getting up from your seat going, Oh. Knees a bit stiff. Oh, this that. No, I'm doing good. Um, we, there was I saw my physio last week, and there was a bit of swelling still there. But I think it was because I was boozing the night before. <laughs> he was like, oh. I remember the last time we had a beer, I was like, last night, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not drinking ages as well with it, so um, it it does swell up still. But honestly, I feel like I've I've had a good surgeon. Surgery went well. I've got a good physio, and if anyone else is going through it at the minute. I mean, it's awful, but you just have to be patient, stick with it, because knees are complicated things, and uh, you need them. You need them. Uh, so, yeah, I, I my heart goes out to anyone who's going through it. Yeah, yeah. But I'm gig ready. I'll be gig ready soon. Don't worry about that. Yeah, you definitely need knees. That's all we're um, <laughs> That's all I'm taking. Yeah, we do, don't we? We all need knees, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, speak, well, speak, speaking of gigging, I, I, I just want to 
throw it back to um, McFly's unbelievable performance at Slam Dunk Festival. Mm. You were my fucking band of the weekend. Wow, thanks, mate. The way you came out on stage, right? Genuinely, no. I wanted to tell you, I haven't seen you since, so I haven't really had the chance to speak to you about it. You came out on stage and you were my front man of the weekend, right? I hadn't, I didn't wow. see a band that weekend who came out on stage and enjoyed playing to that crowd as much as you guys did. <laughs> I also didn't see a crowd enjoying a band as much as they enjoyed you. So congratulations. Wow. What a weekend that was. How did Thank that feel you. for you? Thank you so much. If, for believe it or not, mate, the reason why that carries more weight is because I was ill that weekend. Oh, wow. I had hand, foot and mouth or whatever it was. Like some crazy shit going on. Like, and I was like asleep in the Viano around the back. And I heard, uh, oh, who was it? Who was on before us? Someone was on before us. And I was like, oh, I know this song, but I'm so tired. I can't even wake up to go and watch it. I felt so rough. And I remember waking up, literally taking like a codeine that with a Red Bull and just going out. No wonder I came out on that stage, like buzzing. I was like, ah! Um, and I think, I think the fact for us to like, on a serious note, though, that for us to play to a crowd like, you know, as up for it as that. I mean, our, our crowds are in, insane, but for us playing a, you know, a rock festival like that is, uh, it's up there in, in, you know, ticks one off the list a little bit there because it's what we've always been as a band and we've always wanted to play those type of shows. And I feel like, yeah, maybe, maybe we were just like kids in a sweet shop there really. Like, just like, Oh, this is awesome. Let's go. And it was just pure love and like energy. And like, this is ace. I'm like, you know, I was ill. My guitar amp didn't work, but nothing mattered. It didn't matter because it was just the energy of the people and like the vibe of the place was just so euphoric. I, I loved it. I loved it. Well, the love day was mental. Like it was nuts. Cause yeah, what you've got to realize is think how many bands, like, uh, think how many people like you put on to rock music and have, you know, led like, uh, like Morgan, for instance, like Morgan <laughs> it was, uh, yeah originally a big mcfly fan before he got into the rock and roll and um and now he's um a satanist so that's your <laughs> fault so um that's on you, you know, though, it is it is amazing that like we do you know even though like i mean i've never seen anybody crowd surf to five colors in a hair that's mad and that day it happened and it was like it was pretty cool because obviously we sit right in the middle don't we of being super duper commercial but function like a rock band like any, any, you know, so it's like, and in the early days we were pushed obviously way more commercial and that never ever regret anything because, mm. you know, we've had a fantastic career, but I think the longevity comes from where our influences lie and obviously being in control of it from day one as well, kind of in, in not the way we were sold earlier on, but in terms of like the writing and the core of what this band is and the friendship and all of that. And that, I feel like people recognize that and realize it and see see that you know well i think yeah now more than now more than ever i think that um people realize that you guys are brilliant brilliant songwriters and are a genuine rock band because there were so many so many kind of pop bands who rock rock fans hated because they didn't play live and then there's yeah. you there's you guys who are some of the most talented musicians i've ever come across in my life so it was such a good fucking weekend and genuinely seeing seeing all that uh, culminate at that point when you came on stage and I just remember you coming out and you were screaming at people and I was like, yes, this is what we want. <laughs> most metal front man there. Yeah, most metal front man there. I think yeah. I've gone on record on one of these <laughs> other podcasts saying that. You look like oh, the most mate, metal. That means a lot. It means a lot because like that's, yeah, like I said, for us playing that is it's quite, it's quite a, it's a different thing but it's what we've always kind of gravitated to you know like we go to those shows we go to those festivals we go and watch those bands that are there you know and back in the day we'd be on uh you know on stage with like boy bands and we were the only dudes there with guitars thinking what are we doing here lads you know but uh it's like the crossover now and i, I find it really interesting i find it really interesting because 
you know, I feel privileged that we can play that. I feel privileged that we're still around. I feel privileged that we can still write albums and be a band. I feel like the break was one of the best things that happened to us because we've come back with kind of, you know what it's like being in a band. It's, it's like you, you need, you need, you need time away from your partner. You need time away from your band. You need time away because just to refresh, rethink, and then re-respect each other and find that love again. And it's not that you fall out of love with it. It's just, you, you get, you get tired. We're humans. We're human beings. We get tired. We all get overwhelmed and it's hard being in a band. And that, that year that we just had apart from each other was one of the best things because we wanted, we came back like, Oh lads, we appreciate this more than ever now. <laughs> like, when you haven't got something, you almost want it more. And you know, yeah, we can, we can att attest to that uh, a lot. Yeah. But uh, do, do you think those recent years in particular, since coming back, doing a massive O2 at show at the O2 has really fulfilled a lot of full circle moments for you guys? Because as you said, like, I've been seeing McFly shows since I was eight years old. Like, I followed your, not to make you feel really, really old there. Yeah, oh, you man, were 42. <laughs> I've, only just, I've only just turned 30, 17. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I followed your journey, as you said, like you are that kind of pop punk rock and roll band that just was treated as a boy band for obvious commercial reasons and everything. So be able to do things like Slam Dunk and have loads of people waiting for you, even though you weren't announced, and then go to Glastonbury and there'd be people complaining that they couldn't get into the tent to see you and you having that kind of rock and roll appreciation now do you feel like it's all come at such a uh, such a weird time like you've gone through a, a lot of those hurdles in a, in a weird way yeah uh i've kind of always had these frustrations i've always i remember i remember uh dougie took me to a blink 182 gig um, and then he i think he was friendly with mark hoppus and he was like dude do you want to call him like yeah man that'd be wicked and we went back and we saw Tom DeLonge and hung out. And I was like, mate, this is like, and you, and you see stuff like, oh, he had his studio in a flight case. He's like, mate, that's wicked. Yes, let's do that. And just what other bands do, you, you get influenced by what other bands do. And he sat down with us and he just said, we're just like, mate, you, you know, we just, you got any advice? Cause we feel this, we feel that we're a bit frustrated with this, but we want to be that. But like, he said, he said, guys, be the band you want to be, not who you think you are. And I always remember that. Cause I'm like, I've always been, the band that we are, I've never thought we are anything else. It's the public and it's other people that have their own versions of what they think we are. Like you could get in a taxi and the taxi man will go, Oh guys, you, you actually played here. You actually write your own songs. I'm like, oh. yeah, I've always done that. But you, that, that's just the way it is. It, it's like that for yeah. everybody. You know, um, some people think that we dance. <laughs> <laughs> but, then, but then you've got like the dude that will come to a signing with an Iron Maiden and, and, and a Metallica t-shirt on, understanding everything what we're about. And that's the complete opposite. And, and I enjoy it and I hate it at the same time because I'm like, oh man, if this, you know, oh, someone will come and go, uh, can I have a picture? I, I don't like your band. It's not for me. It's for me, dog. Oh, <laughs> oh, you know, it's for his girlfriend. I fucking hate those people. <laughs> I hate them. Oh, I don't want it. Whoa, it's not for me. Oh. I've waited to do it for 20 minutes. It's not for me. Yeah. It's for somebody no. else. I'm not going to put it instantly on my Instagram. <laughs> and tag you. Hashtag <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate those people. Oh, I hate what about those people. Like, they go, oh. I tell you what, my daughter will murder me if I don't get this picture. I'm like, well, I'd be scared of your daughter. You're going to be dead tonight. <laughs> yeah. I better give you the picture. Yeah. Oh, go on. Oh. Yeah. Oh, keep going, man. So yeah, oh. it's, um, I think my point is that, you know, it's, uh, I've always known that we are that band. I, we come, I come from, you know, I come from rock influences and, and actually a lot of blues music. And I, I was, always the reason I play guitar is because of my heroes, my idols that are all in rock bands that have hardly ever had number ones. And that's okay. That's it's all okay. Um, so I'm, I, I keep being the band that we are and we will, we will do that. And, uh, I think, I think now as we, as time goes on, people just start to realize that actually, yeah, it's, uh, they, they're a, they're a band. They're a, they're a, an awesome band. And we pride ourselves on playing live. And we pride ourselves on making albums and writing and, you know, it's just being, just that's a normal band to me. Like I can't even, I can't even imagine to think that you wouldn't 
do your own thing and be a band and write mm. music and and now I'm getting into production as well so yeah but it's it's also sad that you've you've got to kind of explain this to people though that's yeah. the worst bit about it it's like like we've yeah. known for ages that you've you know that you you boys fucking play everything and you're fucking class or whatever but it's still the fact there's still people out there who are just like no no I only like Metallica I couldn't possibly <laughs> listen to anybody else <laughs> But this is the thing. There's a cool thing happening at the minute, though, where you've got, like, our fans are getting old enough now to have really cool jobs in cool places. Mm. <laughs> so, like, we'll get, a new, we'll get a new gig somewhere or a new thing happening. And go, oh, it's because, you know, she, she was a fan or he was a fan back in the day and they love you and respect you. But there's these odd few that are still around, like the odd promoter that we have to really go, listen, trust me, they will smash it if you have them. I promise you, <laughs> they will smash it. And then when we go and play, the guy's going, why don't you tell me about these guys? <laughs> uh, what are they called? What are they called? We're trying, to, <laughs> we're trying to tell you, mate. We're trying to tell you. Yeah. Well, uh, that's, yeah. Well, that, that's the thing. I mean, I'm one of those people who's really grown up with your music as well and all your different albums. And throughout, you can always sense like a different kind of theme. You haven't just stuck to the same, like just big choruses or whatever. You're always trying to mix in something different, really heavy guitars on some songs. Wonderland's an album that could easily easily be for musicals. You know that back catalog is is rich in all that kind of stuff. So when you come to a new record now, like Power to Play, that's coming out in June, is it a sense of you can do whatever you feel like, or do you all sit down and be like, what do we want to do this time around? Okay, so with our band, because we've got so 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 many different backgrounds so many different things that are that we're into like the boys got me into music i've never heard before when when we first got together and the boys showed me the used and i was like mate what and a newfound glory and taking back sunday that's when i got into all this i was like man this is amazing um and we all show each other and get 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 each other into things so i think what we do on each album is we we find that one thing that we can all obsess over whether that's uh, a time, you know, in, in music or one band, for example, Jellyfish really inspired, I think it was Motion in the Ocean. So we were mm. obsessed by Jellyfish. The first album obviously was just me and Tom in the hotel room. I was bringing my influences, which were at the time, Oasis, The Verve, Stereophonic. Hence why Room on the Third Floor, if you go back and listen, is basically the start of starting called Drugs Don't Work. Um, and then so you you we get obsessed by things that we can all attach onto you know and this time round dougie was really kind of we were digging the obviously mcfly being from the 80s would you say yeah the the, the, the back to the future hmm. um it's we, we got obsessed with this 80s rock. Now, I used to play like Bon Jovi and all these things in my cover band that I had when I was like 15 years old. So I was like, dude, you're talking my language. I used to rip out like Van Halen back in the day. And I thought it was just, I just didn't think it was very welcome in the world I was in. You know, like pop music, like how do you make it, you know, welcome in, in where we were at at the time. And I think this album now, we got obsessed by that and realized that it's just the way it's produced. It's still a pop song. It's still good melody. It's still great writing. No matter what it is, it's just the way it's kind of produced. And I feel like that allowed us to have guitars. Cause my next point is like guitars, like they didn't sit on radio. We always had this problem with playing on radio and obsession of like, how do we get on radio? You know, radio one don't play us anymore. Are we a radio two? But all this kind of thing, like, Oh, and you get obsessed by this and you get obsessed by like, as a business guy, you're thinking, well, we need to get on radio, stay commercial, but then we still want to be the band that we want to be and write the songs that we want to do. And like Shine a Light is a good example of maybe playing the game a little bit where we team up with Tyo Cruz. We have more synth heavy, heavy kind of like single and you get Shine a Light out of it. But that ripped live, like we smash that song out live because we put guitars in it and we make it heavier. That's an example of what I'm trying to say with this album. We just were the band that we wanted to be. And BMG believed in it. They believed, they, they believed in, in what we were doing down here. We bought the studio that I'm sat in now. That allowed us to be a band and jam and play our instruments because normally we write on acoustic. We go into a studio. There's pressure on that. 
you know, you do demos and, and then you're in and you're out in two weeks. Whereas this three or four of the songs from the album were born from just jamming together as a band and capturing that magic. And that's the fun of being in a band is to be in the band and play. And I feel like we've got back to that. And the eighties rock, which is power to play the eighties rock. We all latched onto and we absolutely loved it. So that's where this album I feel is super special for a couple of reasons. Yeah, when you when you decided for the um the eighties rock vibe, is that how quick did somebody go phone Stephen Battelle? <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta be it's gotta be pretty quickly. Him and his big ear and his guitar and his fucking guitar wizardry. I can see Stephen. Stephen. Hey. Hey. <laughs> there he is, look. There's the, 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 I don't know if you can see through the window there. Okay. Man, there's there he is, man. There's yeah. Doug, there's Steve. Hey. Oh, here's Mattel. He can't. They said hi. No, he can't hear. He can't hear, can he? <laughs> hey. hey. Well, yes. Oh, I'm done. Hey. 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 They're just slagging you off, mate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, that's, that's not true. Bye, mate. <laughs> oh, we've got a lot of love here for Stephen Battelle. He was a big part in making this happen. So, yeah, thank you very much to Stephen. Um, but yeah, like, how has been? I was writing and um, playing with Steve been amazing. Like, I remember the first day we met him, and he said, uh, "He said, mate, I was shitting myself. You know, coming down to your studio, never met you before, and then you just... I remember you just gave me a guitar and went, go on then.'" <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to put him on the spot. I was like, go on then. So he, uh, but I'll never forget when he came in and I knew, he was, I knew he was obsessed with Queen. So I told him the story about Brian May and I said, oh, I've got one of his guitars here that's signed by Ram. That kind of, we bonded over that. And I literally did go, all right, let, let's have a jam and there's the guitar. And we explained what we kind of wanted. And the first riff he played was just insane. I'll never forget. He had, Tom's SG and started playing this riff that like if we explained what we kind of wanted he was like oh okay uh, well a little bit like this and he went and his hair was just going everywhere and he was just headbanging like hey who is this guy this is ace and then I started joining in and then Harry was like yeah man I can hear this and then that was the first song that we wrote together Jason recorded it and it's the last song on the album um, called Shine On. And that's that was the start of everything. That was like the start of this like whole album becoming the monster that it is. The guitar heaven. <laughs> you four are very creative and stuff anyway. But then when you add Stephen Battelle and Jason Perry to the mix, I can only imagine the chaos of trying to control each other and not go off on tangents and stuffing a studio or whatnot. How wild does it get when all six of you are kind of in a room trying to do something? <laughs> it's basically a room full of ADHDers all trying to get the attention. <laughs> <laughs> and not listening to each other, just saying what they want to say, and that's it. <laughs> and every now and again, Adam Perry turns up and just joins in oh, for no reason. Yeah. Jason Perry's got a phone call with everyone in London. <laughs> yeah. I just got to jump on a call, mate. I just got to jump on a call. All right, mate. See you later, mate. <laughs> I'll be back now. I'll be back now three hours later. Oh, I've, I've just got off the call. I've got this amazing project that's going to take over London. I want to buy <laughs> Wembley Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he's pitched that. I wouldn't be surprised. I went, yeah, oh, I went I'm, to, oh yeah, a quick story. I went to LA with him once. Um, we were looking at doing um, something out and just taking over LA, basically, like you just <laughs> yes, said, but with yeah. London. Well, that's why we love him. Oh, unbelievable. Unbelievable positivity. Um, and we went to the Bank of California Stadium where um, LA play. So we had a meeting with a guy who was like in charge of the stadium or whatever. And Jason just started promising that he could get Arsenal friendlies against LA. And we were like, <laughs> you just support Arsenal, Jason. You don't know anyone at Arsenal. And he's like, oh, I can do it, mate. I can do it. I can do it. He's and we were like, oh. He's just a season ticket holder at Arsenal. Yeah. I love it. Uh, That's close enough. That's close enough. Surely I can just get Arsenal to come here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, talking I about it. talking about the creativity though, there is a uh Jason did show us um, I mean he got us 
finally listening and being inspired by Rush. Rush. <laughs> <laughs> at the same time. I think he ties that with every band. He's like, oh, should we put um, this crazy time in for no reason whatsoever right. in the song? So we've got a song that's like the first time in... Uh, uh, oh God, I don't even know the, uh, I don't even know the, uh, the, the time on it. What is it? Four, it goes four, four to like seven, seven, four, maybe. And, but what's cool is the riff carries on. And I, I remember going upstairs. We, we were, what's beautiful about this place. You've got two, two spaces. So you can carry on working upstairs while you're recording downstairs. And I finished some guitar bits downstairs and I went upstairs and, and Mattel, Tom, and Dougie were writing upstairs and they had this riff and I was like, mate, what is that? That's sick. Da, 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 da. And they were explaining the song and I went up and I basically pretended that I was, um, Bruce, is it Bruce Dickens? Bruce Dickinson? Yes. From Maiden. Maiden. Yeah. Yeah. From Maiden. And I went up there. I was like, mate, say, say, mate imagine like, you can imagine like Bruce holding a flag in a stadium going, <laughs> it's all the land of the peace out of the darkness. And Tom, Tom literally just started laughing and going, mate, that's decent. Land of the bees. I was like, are you having a laugh? He went, mate, into the land of the bees, out of the dee, out of the darkness. So we could not get that out of our heads. So we've got a song called Land of the Bees, and it's about having the buzz about being back on stage. Yes! <laughs> hey, that's love it. brilliant. Oh, with a that's time, awesome. With a time of 7-4 in it. Which, which the riff kind of flips and it's wicked. It's properly influenced by Rush as well. <laughs> wow. Well, see, this is what I love. I love all this random magic from a lot of you. But in that same vein, one thing I've noticed you've been really excited about posting on social media lately is just being writing with Battelle and Dougie. And I believe the three of you are writing a lot for other people uh, as well. Can you talk to us about that experience? What it's like kind of removing yourself from a McFly point of view and working with younger artists or people might not know about? Yeah. Uh, I mean, where do you start? Like it's, it's, it's a fun process and I, I love doing it and it's a lot of emotional kind of effort. But when you get something amazing and magical for somebody else, it's kind of cool. Um, I've always wanted to do this, but never had the time. And I'm hmm. on the odd occasion where I've worked with some really cool people. And also a bit a bit scared of it because I'm like I, I know what to do for my band, I don't really know what to do for anybody else's band. But I just believed in it this year, and I feel like what me, Dougie, and Steve have got, and we have kind of like you know Tom's always welcome, and we have Rao down sometimes from Enter Shikari, and just other people that have always welcome to join. But the three of us have we we, we took it seriously, and we're like, well, let's let's do this for people, and let's try and especially like be proud of where we come from and put that into the industry. And, you know, the main thing as well is that it keeps me down with the kids because we've got some young artists in there and I'm like, whoa, and they're showing me new music and I'm practicing what I do and getting better at what I do. And I'm all for that. If I can, if I can get better at what I do and know more about my industry and, 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 and I'm kind of the sole producer in that as well. So it's a lot of work and I absolutely love it. And I, I feel like it keeps me down. It keeps me down with the kids. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bloody pack. Yeah, they, they're playing that Super Mario Brothers. I don't know what they're up to. These crazy kids. Yeah. I was asking the other day, I was like, how, how do I become cool on TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> I was, it was a girl called Lozik. And uh, she was like, I don't know if you know Lozik. She's got red hair. She's kind of this. She's, I reckon she's going to like go places because she's got it. And we're actually going to her show on Thursday. She was really cool. I think she's like early twenties or something crazy. It might even be like nineteen twenty. And I was like, "How do you? How do you?" Because she had she went viral on TikTok. I was like, "How do I become viral on TikTok? Please tell me how to not look like a dad trying to do TikTok." <laughs> that's all we can do now. That's yeah, literally yeah. all that's, we can. That's life. Yeah, I, I've had to start. I've had to restart the. Uh, well, I've had to start a blackout. Uh, TikTok for the blackout now because the blackout's coming back for Download Festival or whatever. Dick. Yeah, I genuinely just feel like an old man. I'm on there going, transitions? What? Mate. I can't do that. I could put the song up. Is that what they want? <laughs> Is that what the kids... I'm not dancing. I'm not <laughs> dancing. I'm not having no. it. 
can't do it. I get stressed out about the editing. I'm like, how do I do it? How do I edit it? You know, you can tell, you can tell when it's a poor effort when you've like left the, the beginning and end on and the, the core of the video is right in the middle, but you still put a minute and a half up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because I did it last week. <laughs> Why have you filmed the floor for the first half of that video, mate? <laughs> oh, I didn't need to cut it, but I forgot not to cut things. Shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's crazy to see just the, the difference between everything. Is there, is there those, mo- full of those moments though, where you just sit back and you, you're appreciating uh, a different side to the industry now because you get able to, to look at it from different perspectives? Yeah, like it's interesting because you want, I feel like our guidance more than anything is how I feel like nowadays you've got like streaming platforms and all that. And you know, labels, are uh, labels, are are wanting you to come in with the product made and all the experience and all of that, which is fine. Things have changed. We're trying to just pass on kind of our experience of like build a core fan base build a fan base that will buy everything and buy into everything, no matter how good or bad it's doing anywhere else, build the fan base and go and play shows and get experience so that you can play anywhere and sound amazing anywhere because it just seems to be people are obsessed with streams. And I, I don't, I don't see why we should be obsessed with streams because I don't, I don't even need know why we even see the numbers. I think there should be a separate thing on Spotify where you can log in professional level, I remember showing this, I remember showing this kid, Bruce Springsteen on, on the voice. And I was like, look, man, look this, if you did one of these songs in your style, it would be amazing. And the kid went, Oh my, but he's not got as many streams as Pulse Malone. My fire has deleted all that history. You don't know about, you know, it's not, not it doesn't hold any of that, you know? So, uh, I was just like, Oh, it's, it's so sad that they, they obsess over streams. It's not everybody, but it seems to be that way. The streaming thing also, the streaming numbers, I think it doesn't do, all it does is if you're doing very, very well, it gives you that, that serotonin boost. But for yeah. everybody else who's like not doing so well, it just makes you like, well, why are my numbers not as good as blah, blah, blahs or whatever? Yeah. And then it could, yeah, it could be a fucking mental dilemma for bands. Yeah. Absolutely. It's so we, we're just trying to, yeah, I, I don't know when, I don't know when that'll change or if it ever will, but. Just making people take realize it off. that. Yeah, just take it off. It doesn't, it honestly just does not matter. If something's good, people will find it. If something, you know, when we bought records back in the day, yeah, there was record sales, but it doesn't matter how many times you want to listen to it. I could buy a record and think it's rubbish. They still get the record sale, but I've never listened to it. Whereas <laughs> streaming now is like, oh, well, I've listened to it 10,000 times this year and here with my top artist. But whatever. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to see how fast the industry moves and everything. But Danny, one thing I wanted to talk to you about is kind of away from music. You've been able to do a lot of really cool things that I think younger you wouldn't really dream of these things even happening. Like, you know, just thinking of you love food. You did really well on MasterChef Celebrity, massive football fan, did Soccer Aid. There's countless things of these throughout your journey. Is there anything in particular that comes to your mind and you have to step back and be like, whoa, like how did I get here? Or like you have to double take? There's been a few, there's been a few moments like that. And my, the way my brain works as well is that I really feel the occasion and I, then I can't enjoy it. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. Mm. But like, I'm, I, I'm honestly like, so hyper aware of my situation and I'll never forget like I mean soccer aid was one of those pinch me moments where I'm in an England kit I can I can smell the grass of Old Trafford or Wembley and you're like you're looking down the line you got yap damn stare at you. <laughs> <laughs> Valley, you're, like, you're like what what the what the fuck is about to happen like what are you meant to do and I'm and the problem is then I'm expecting to be Ronaldo on the wing aren't I so I'm going yeah I'm going to take you on and score a hat trick today <laughs> which is obviously not going to happen I'd be um, terrified of seeing the app stamps no, face no, that night, be that's enough. nightmare stuff I'll never forget running into him it's like a brick wall honestly um, and I think the other one the other one where I, I actually got quite an overwhelming emotion when I came off stage 
was when we played Hyde Park, and that was when we busted. But when I did that, this weird thing happened where I remember watching Springsteen as a kid and saying, I want to play the same stage as Springsteen one day to my mum. And I know for a fact that he played that stage and it was a highlight of my kind of life just seeing him play there. Then to go on and play the same show, I literally thought I was Springsteen that day. I could not tell you. Like, it was. And I came on stage, I just took myself in some random dressing room and was like, <laughs> what happened? Because like, from, from a kid saying that to achieving it, and I've never really achieved something that poignant is the right word, that kind of impactful in my life where I've actually realized it. Because you, you take it for granted, number one, or you know, you you do a record for the youngest band or this and that. You're like, it means something, but not like a kid being obsessed with something and this real vision, like this vision that I had as a kid, like actually happening. And I remember on the day being so, so nervous that when I smiled, I was like, hello, London. I was like, ah, and my lip got stuck on my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I was so dry. It was ridiculous, mate. Literally. First half of the gig, if you watch it, I'm back. He got out. So, yeah, there's been a, there's been a few moments. That's beautiful, though. That's, that's what we love to hear. You know, getting to be Bruce Springsteen, running up to Yapstam. These are the things of dreams. And, I know we've got to uh, we've got to wrap this up because you. you yeah. It's a sentence, though, isn't it? It's a sentence. That's what a fucking man sentence! Yeah, living your dream, copy Bruce Springsteen, and then you're face to face with Yapstam. That's like never, that's, Dan, that's never happened to anybody else in the world. You've lived it. That's that's fucking so clever. Uh, that never happened to anybody else in the world. <laughs> fucking brilliant. I, I know, oh, I know we've got to wrap this up very shortly because you, you've got a lot of other things um, scheduled for the day with songwriting uh, and stuff. But just two two very quick things I want to ask. On the um, theme of football, yes or no answer to this. Um, is it true you taught Sam Allardyce to play guitar? No. Oh. <laughs> Look at Morgan just coming up with lies to <laughs> I mean, I'll take it. Okay. Well, it okay. depends, doesn't it? Is Sam Allardyce any good on guitar? Because if he's not, <laughs> yeah. you didn't yeah, teach him. Yeah, if he's not, if I'm he not is. taking it. I am not taking it. Where did you get that from, Morg? <laughs> I saw something online. <laughs> Could be fake. You just listen to Yeah, you just heard music, football. That's <laughs> right. I'm just going to start naming Danny Jones, combine. Here's a cool story, though, from Soccer Aid that never got documented. And it was in a... Um, it was in, it was in, I, got, I was lucky enough to play the one uh, in COVID times. And there was a beauty about it. And the reason why is because in normal everyday time, Soccer Aid is a, is, it's a party and everyone brings their loved ones along and that. This time, obviously, you couldn't do that. So after the game, um, we all just had to buy ourselves a party in this kind of bubble that we were in, right? And at this point, we had me, Dermot Kennedy, and James Bay. And I remember Robbie Keane coming saying, he's like, I can't do his accent, but he's like, you better bring your fucking guitar. You better bring your fucking guitar. So I was like, okay, I'll bring it. I was like, James Bay, I was like, mate, are you taking yours? It's a bit weird, isn't it? Like, we turn up with our guitar, a bit keen, isn't it? Like, you know. And then Dermot uh, brought his guitar as well. So the three of us ended up jamming. And all playing like, and Dermot and James Bay are obviously like, and I'm going to fuck. I've got, to, I've got to bring out all about you in a minute. And I, yes, Sammy, <laughs> come on, it's all. Look at the other way, bow to you, the football chant, all about you. And then Dermot Kennedy goes into like this beautiful BG song of like, to love somebody. We're all jamming and we're having an amazing time. Joe Wicks is sat right in front of us like that, just staring, going, "This is amazing." You got Sam Allardyce at the bar. You got all these amazing people and out of nowhere <laughs> out of nowhere Wayne Rooney wants to do a tune <laughs> <laughs> of course he does of course, of course he does so I'm like, Rooney, I said, like, Rooney what do you want to sing what do you want to sing I was like I've heard you like a bit of Mustang Sally I know it I know it I know it if you want to do it <laughs> of course he knows Mustang Sally of course so he does me James May Dermot Kennedy Jamming Mustang Sally with Wayne Rooney. 
and he's got this like he's got a decent little voice but he's got this like scouse twang to me so he's like Mustang Sally, Sally. <laughs> it was amazing but no one dared film it I don't know why it was such wow. an amazing moment and I'm just like laughing my head off thinking this is the best thing that's ever happened not only have I just played a football match with Wayne Rooney managing I've just jammed with him it was like one of the highlights <laughs> of my life the gaffer's turned up and he's demanded to do a song with the guys <laughs> Oh, amazing so funny. amazing That's well Danny brilliant. we honestly appreciate this so <laughs> so much thank you for taking the time thanks for telling all these great stories it means a lot uh, personally and professionally to us and I'm really excited for the new album now Power to Play June 9th and uh, thanks so much I'm sure we'll catch you very soon yes and I hope to come see you download if I can that'd be sick oh yeah that'd be fantastic June the 9th we're playing on the Friday I don't know if I'm allowed to say what stage yet, but um, yeah, I'll send it over or whatever and I'll uh, pass it on to Stephen. <laughs> Guess this, please, mate. Cheers. Thanks, mate. Legends, see you soon, yeah? You're listening to Sammy Pocket! Hey, hey! That was the fantastic, and nobody's ever called him this as far as I know, the fantastic Daniel Jones. <laughs> is his name even Daniel Jones? I don't even know what his full name is. What's his legal name? What's his say uh, on his passport? <laughs> I, I don't have it handy. I can't just check it. Can you, can we get in touch with the management and see if we can get a copy of his passport? <laughs> That's a weird request. But... Wait, what's his credit? Yeah, what's the three numbers on the back of his credit card? That's what I want to know. No, but how fucking fun was this? We had a blast. Just seeing his face. He could have come on and been silent, right? And that would have made me happy because of how how much I love his head. He's got the fucking best head. And he's he's an absolute fucking superstar. Um, literally. He's literally a superstar. And he's come on our podcast to talk to us. Absolutely fantastic. So thank you again to Danny and team. A hell of a voice. And you can put a hell of a cross in, to, uh, uh, in a football field too. Oh and I, can't, I couldn't believe... That Wayne Rooney story, never mind the whole Yapstam Bruce Springsteen. Oh, it's just wonderful. What a career. What what a band. And as we said earlier, like if it wasn't for McFly, I don't think a lot of people would have been turned on to the rock music, to alternative music, and definitely wouldn't be checking this podcast out. So thank you again for Danny taking the time and the whole team. We'll give another shout out to Charlotte at BMG for pushing for this, uh, Lauren for sorting it, and our good friend Stephen Battelle. I've lost alone fame uh, for telling the boys constantly about the podcast uh, yes. as well behind the scenes. He's a former guest on episode 175. So if you want to go back and check that out, you can. Uh, Dougie appeared on episode five, as you <laughs> heard. <laughs> got, got them into trouble. And uh, the producer, Jason Perry, is also being on many different episodes. So go back and check all them out. If you want to hear more of the McFly boys on future episodes of Sapling Podcast, let them know tag them tag us on social media and let's make it happen yes please share this far and wide um because this was a great one and i think even if even if you don't like mcfly or you're one of those people who's always had an opinion of mcfly being a pop band check this out because i'm telling you now you will warm you will warm to danny and then you'll go back and you listen to him and then, oh you listen to the single that's out today and you will be like, oh, I should have fucking liked these sooner, shouldn't I? <laughs> well, my fingers are crossed that they'll be playing a bit more uh, of these emo alternative, fest- alternative festivals in the future. They went down so well at Slam Dunk. I'd love to see them at like headlining or uh, headlining the stage at least. Uh, Bloodstock. <laughs> Bloodstock, yeah. Fucking Slayer and McFly together at last. That's Muck the Slayer. We- <laughs> Muck Slayer. Of course, of course. Angel of Love. <laughs> Ring in five colours in the hair? I don't know. But... Nice. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the new single, Where Did All the Guitars Go, is available today. It's out right now, so listen to it after the end of this podcast, of course. After, and after. you can pre-order the new album, Power to Play, uh, right now. It's out June 9th of the BMG Records. And as, the, as Danny mentioned, ballsy 80s hair metal. And I just can't wait to see all of it live and... Just celebrate McFly as a band. I love him very, very, very much. Um, speaking of, well, I don't say celebrations, but the flip no. side of that, mourning <laughs> things. 
Oh, what a fucking crap segue. Speaking of stuff that's the opposite of celebrating. Yes. What you're trying to say is it was, it was the eighth. eight eight years ago this week was the last uh, gig of the blackout. Well, we yeah. thought we thought Whoa. it was the last we gig. Did. We did think. We all thought it. Genuinely. Yeah, I thought it's so much that I made a podcast where I'd mention it every week until my band <laughs> to get, go back together out of sympathy. Uh, yes. So, of course, this week was the eighth anniversary of the Blackouts final show in Merthyr Tidville. Um, it has been um, as fun as it has been sad watching back um, clips of the final show or whatever. Very, very excited for download. We've been posting a lot lately on our socials. So check out at the blackout on Twitter, at the blackout music on Instagram, and at the blackout music on TikTok. I've been posting some TikToks I've made on that Ooh. thing. Yeah, check them out. I it hasn't been too bad. Um, I kind of cheated though. Um, if too or if you go to TikTok, if you go to the blackout's TikTok, I see the one where it starts with me setting off uh, flames. If you can um, work out how I've managed to do some of that video. Um, you win uh, absolutely nothing but my respect um, because I cheated. I cheated. I haven't edited together loads and loads of clips. Um, some people will get it. Some people won't. I, that sounds too cryptic. And I sound like I've gone <laughs> mental. I'm sorry about like that. You're just outing yourself for being a crap editor, basically. Well, I am a crap editor, but if you <laughs> yeah, go and have a look at that, that video is quite good. It's quite a good video. But if you knew why... If you work out why, you'll know why it's a good video. Anyway, um, yeah, so the Blackout is back. <laughs> Stop laughing. It's taking up my room. Yeah, so the Blackout's back for download. Can't, can't wait. June the 9th, we play on the Friday. Other acts include um, Bring Me Thryzen, Vilvalo. I saw, oh, do you know what? I saw fake, I saw like a fake uh, set times thing. Mm-hmm. And they had the Blackout opening up the main stage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's not happening. So there you go. I'll, I'll, call, I'll call our rumor right now. Yeah. Myth buster of the week. Yes. Myth busted. Um, yeah. So very, very excited for that. We have been rehearsing. That's been fun. Super good to see the boys and stuff. And um, I think I will be seeing the boys Saturday, April the 1st, which is the day after this podcast comes out. The other three boys are coming to see me, Bob and Snoz play our gigs together because Valhalla awaits and Raiders are playing together in Merthyr Tidville, wow. which, um, which hopefully will be fun. I'll let you know next week. If I'm on your side, if I start next week's show sad, it didn't go very well. Ah, well, at least there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on behind the scenes with the podcast as well. And I'm very ex- excited at some announcements that we'll be making in due course. But uh while we reach towards the end of this episode, if you'd like to hear us ramble even more, Go and check out our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Sapnin. Over there, we just released a bonus podcast for the Patreons this week. There's also Ooh. new playlists loaded regularly and just a lot of things from behind the scene. Connect with us, connect with other listeners. The whole community in that group is absolutely wonderful. There's a lot of McFly fans in there. I'm very excited to just uh, gush with them over this episode. It is the pretty much the only way to support us, um, unless you give us cash in public, but don't do that. So yeah, check it out. There's loads of stuff on there, as Morgan said. And, um, yeah, we've got like a gig guide now where people are meet, are going to be meeting up with each other. Um, so they're not going to gigs alone and stuff. And it's all fucking wonderful. It's literally the best, the best thing that I've ever been involved with slash created. That makes me sound big headed, but I just, yeah, no, no, I don't mean like, oh, I made it. I just mean, <laughs> I can't believe we started this and it's so fucking brilliant. And the people are the absolute best, the most supportive gang in the world. Gang, gang. If you head to the description of this episode, there's loads of their names there that we thank. But as always, Sean is going to give a mahoosive shout out to the elite members of our Sapling Podcast Patreon community. Those are the ones in the top tears. Thank you very much. Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi, I'm a golden god, Lee Wei. I don't think that's actually her middle names. Janelle Caston, Paul Hirschfield, Scarlett Charlton, Tony Michael, Dilly Grimwood, Kelly Ewan, Nathan Croshaw, Mitch Perry, Emma Barber, Sammy G, Kat Besson, Dana Lasnava, Murray Grimwood, Jenny Robinson, Scott Jones, Amy Dawson, Amy Louise, Stuart McNaught, Ellen, 
still don't think it's her, but you never know. You never know, see? Thank you very much, Stephen Aston, Caroline Robinson, Kate Patek, Louis Cook, Martina McManus, Carl Pendlebury, Danny Eaton, Jenny Munster, James McNaught, Kelly Emma Cannon, Jason Aredia, John and Emma, Emily Perry, Emma Evans-Roberts, Craig Harris, Khalil Keen, Ollie Amesbury, Adam King of the Goths Parslow, Josh, my missus just confessed that she broke my favourite lamp. I don't think I'll be look at her. I don't think I'll be able to look at her in the same light. Crisp. <sighs> Thank you very much, Alice Wood, Reese Bowring, Kate Stevenson, Cal David Smith, and Connor Lewins. Can I also say uh, happy birthday for Stuart McNaught? It was his birthday this week. I hope he and family are doing well. I saw. Stuart and his brother James the other day at Metro's when I was DJing. So thank you very much for coming down. And Scott Jones is there, Andrew Keach and um, other people from the Patreon. So yes, thank you very much for your support. You absolute fucking rock stars. We love you very, very much. This has been a fucking one of my favorite episodes. I've enjoyed this very, very much. Been busting to get Danny on for a while. Hopefully we'll do one in the flesh in the future when he's headlining Hellfest. can't wait can't wait for that thank you everyone for listening thank you for checking the podcast out again share it with your friends and we'll be back next friday and every week with a very special guest and the next one is another guest we didn't think we'd ever have on the podcast well i certainly didn't so tune back in for that who is it i can't i didn't hear that are you actually saying something? Or you just no, I'm mouth? just doing weird noises. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> well, some people say that's all you do. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much. Fucking Sapnin! <laughs> <sighs>